welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 174 for Saturday the 12th of October 2019. Coming up this week, it's official, I'm going on a block tour for the first book in my Morecambe Bay trilogy. I'm into the final chapters now of my seventh book for 2019 and I'm about to start work on my eighth and final story of 2019. But I've had to bump my schedule once again. I'll be explaining why later on in this diary update. First, though, let's take a look at this week's word count. I'm recording this on Thursday because I got things on tomorrow and I just want to make sure that it gets recorded. I've got a couple of appointments after I've written tomorrow afternoon on Friday the 11th. So I just want to make sure this is in the bag. So in the last 10 minutes, I've finished my writing for today. Uh, I've written up to now, what is it, 60,000 words? Mm, yeah, 60,000 words. Does that sound right? 65,000 words, something like that. Of <laughs> you can tell, you can tell how confused I'm getting. Of circle of lies. I'm in the I'm in the last chapters now, so I'm going to be writing on Friday and I'm going to be writing on Sunday. Then the books finish. I, I must be up to sixty sixty five thousand now. I've lost count of that tally. But anyhow, today Thursday the tenth, I've just written five thousand one hundred and forty two words. And then since I spoke to you last on Sunday the sixth of October, I wrote five thousand three hundred sixty seven words. And then on Friday the fourth of October. Uh, I wrote 5,081 words. So um, wherever I am, whatever the current word count is, and in fact, I'll open Scrivener while I'm talking to you so I can actually tell you where we're up to with the word count because I have lost complete track. All I know now is I'm like an aeroplane. You know when an aeroplane starts to drop in height and it starts getting ready to land and um, they ask you to put your seatbelts on and they dim the lights and you put the the shutters up uh, at the side of the seats. Uh, we're in that kind of process now where I just know I'm coming down to land. And in actual fact, it doesn't really matter what the word count is at the moment. It just matters that I write the chapters uh, because I know we'll land on the, the runway and we'll we'll land eventually and we'll come to a, an end. So that's why I've lost track of the word count because we're in those final stages now. And I can tell you, so I'm at 63,034 words. So I got um, another sort of 10, 12,000 words. It's very difficult at the end because you, you write what you have to. So we're going to we're going to come in at 75,000 words or just slightly below that. That's why I've got a little bit confused with, with where we are up to with this. Um, but, you know, we're on track. It's going to be finished on Sunday, which feels rather good. So writing on Friday, I, what I decided to do is I was just going to write on Friday and Sunday, but I decided that I hadn't got anything else on on the Saturday. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to write the last chapters over Saturday and Sunday. So whereas I normally write 5,000 words in a day, on Saturday and Sunday, I'm not going to write, I'm not going to do that. I've basically got to write chapters 39, 40, 41 and the epilogue. So over two days, I've got four chapters to write. And I'll write the author notes too. So it's, we're sort of slightly out of kilter with the 5,000 words a day scenario. So on Saturday and Sunday, I'm just going to finish the book. That's my task and to write what I have to write to wind the story up. I've had the all is lost moment today. My protagonist is under extreme pressure. <laughs> I was quite enjoying piling the pressure on her. She's at the stage in the story where frankly, she just wants to explode with all the different um, forces and and threats and problems that are around her 
And what I've got to do next over the next three days is unpick those and bring the story to a nice conclusion and set up the next book, which is book three, Truth Be Told, the final part in the Balkan Bay trilogy. So I'll tell you about that in a moment or two. Let me first mention uh, my editing this week. And uh, this will give you some context as to, to what I'm going to, about to tell you about book three. So um, I forgot to tell you last week also, by the way, and I will go into this in more detail. I forgot to tell you last week, having promised you that I would, I didn't talk about the blog tour last week. Uh, I'm going to go into that in more detail later on in this diary episode. But in simple terms, what you need to know now is I got a blog tour, but I got a turn round left for dead sooner than I'd expected to. And I need to do it fast because to enable the blog reviewers to get left for dead in plenty of time, I've got to deliver it by Monday, the 14th of October. So, um, you know, just like my protagonist, I decided to pile a bit more pressure on myself. I hadn't really thought it through <laughs> when I commissioned the, the blog tour, me and my big mouth. Anyway, I'll talk about the blog tour in a moment and I'll talk about book three in a moment. But that, that's kind of all the information you need to know to know why I have been editing left for dead at a great rate of knots this week. And I I worked it out. I sat down and worked it out and thought, OK, we've got two things coming to a crescendo. I've got to have book one in the Morecambe Bay trilogy. I've got to give it my final edit by the end of this week. And I've got to have book two in the Morecambe Bay trilogy. I've got to have that written by the end of this weekend. So um, I, I twisted the orders around a little bit. And to get Left for Dead done this week, I had to do nine chapters a night. Nine chapters a night. Now, normally I do six when I'm pushing it. And, and if I want to keep fresh, I do three. So I'm way over my speed limit as far as the editing is concerned. But I got to turn this book round. Now, I've been working through Julie's edits. And again, I always have this. When, when I look at an edit that I get back from an editor, when you look at it with all the changes on uh, with the full markup, and then you look at it with simple markup, that makes it look more bearable. Um, and then there's always a load of comments there. And there's always a lot of friction for me thinking, oh, you know, I don't know whether I want to start working through this. I don't know whether I want to hear the bad news. Well, anyhow, that, that's what I've been like with Left for Dead. And in actual fact, there wasn't an awful lot of bad news and Julie had fixed most of it. There were only a couple of decisions I had to make and they were fairly straightforward to make. Uh, and when I'm under pressure like this, it's funny, I was looking at a paragraph that Julie had said to me in, in the notes the other day and she'd said, you might want to rewrite this. And I can't remember what the reason was. I looked at it. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to delete the whole thing. We don't need it. It's too much. It's um, It was show, don't tell. Is that what, yeah, it was show, don't tell. That's what it was. A whole paragraph of show, don't tell. I took one look at it. I thought, I'm not going to rewrite it. I'm just deleting the lot. Um, we don't need it because you can be ruthless at that stage. And I just read it and I thought, no, you don't need that. And that's me just banging off on one. I don't don't need it. So I got rid of it anyhow, and that solved the problem. So what looked like there was quite a lot there. Actually, there, there wasn't a lot there. So I've been working through uh, nine chapters a night. At the time of recording this, I'm up to chapter 27. After I've recorded and processed this podcast, I will be doing chapters 28 to 36. And I will be completing my final edit on that book um, on... Friday when I will be running through chapters 37 to 45 and then after I've written on Sunday I just want to give there's a couple of chapters there that Julie she had some difficulty with but she just it, it was um it was not the protagonist story it was her husband's story um I just want to go back through a certain plot line in the story and just make sure that it all works before I submit that to the beta reviewers. Now I I actually have got a couple of weeks before I have to submit that book to to Kindle for its final read. So it's not getting published until the 7th of November. So you know in theory I might even have a chance for a last read of it. 
just to give it you know one more one more check i might have time for that we'll have to see um but at least it will be ready it's ready for the blog reviewers to read and i can you know i can send it out and say look you know this is this is the final version but it's still subject to a last proofread or something like that so i could put some provisos in there and say it's not getting released for another month but they have got the final version in terms of the story in terms of the plot that's the final version and and it's enough for them then to review it and again i will talk about that blog tour in a moment or two so that's the editing this week. And, and really, editing has dominated the week, certainly while I've been at work for the first three days of the week. And then Thursday, Friday, it's editing and writing. That's pretty well it for the next four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's editing and writing. Got to finish those two projects. And that really explains why I have decided to park my book planning for Walkham Bay 3 this week. I do actually, I, I like planning on, on a piece of paper and scribbling things down. It really works. I, I've never got the same sensation doing anything online, which is why I still, uh, being a geek, still insist on writing everything down on paper when I'm planning. It just suits my my brain, the way I'm wired better to, to plan like that. Because I often see things better, I think, when I, when I write it down. And when I was um, changing my schedule so that I could, I could fast edit Left 4 Dead this week, it just suddenly made more sense to me. I thought, well, hang on, it makes more sense for me to read Left for Dead, which is Walker Bay Trilogy 1, to finish writing Walker Bay Trilogy 2. So not only am I fresh with the first story, I'm bang up to date with the second story, and then to do my final planning on Walker Bay 3. Because, you know, effectively, if I'm working on them all at once, you'll appreciate how that's a little bit crazy. I'm trying to hold three stories in my head at once. And I just thought, I just saw it on the paper and thought, no, it makes far more sense because this all comes to a crescendo on Sunday the 13th of October, this Sunday. Book two's finished, first draft. Book one, I've edited all the way through. It's been edited by Julie. So any little tweaks to the plot or anything that I've had to make have been made at that stage. I could then bring those in when I do my first edit of Walkham Bay 2. And then also, that will much better inform my planning of Walkham Bay through, uh, 3, truth be told. So I looked at the schedule again, and I thought, right, how can I bump things? Can I bump this? And I can. And so what I've done is I've bumped my schedule so that I'm now going to finish the, the planning, do the detailed planning for Truth Will Out, which is Walkham Bay 3. I've now dedicated Thursday the 17th, Friday the 18th of October for that. So I will now start writing. I won't have written any, well, I will have written any, I'll have finished off Walker Bay 2, but I won't have started writing on that book when I talk to you in next week's diary. I'm going to start writing Walker Bay 3 after my park run, which is in Carlisle next week. I've, again, I've, sh- I've cancelled the park run, which was going to take me out of town. So I, that's how I've shuffled my diary. I've, 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 sh- I've, uh, I'm not doing two part runs that I was going to do that involve traveling and overnights. Um, and that's allowed me to compress my schedule. Uh, I'll just do those when I've got more time in the new year. So I'm, I'm not particularly worried about that. So uh, doing part runs in Carlisle means that I can basically do a part run. I can be at my desk at half 10 and I can get a day's writing in while my wife's at work. So I'm now going to write on Saturday the 19th of October and Sunday the 20th. And that keeps me on schedule. And that book um, will be written... And I've still got a couple of buffer days in there with part run days. Uh, it will be written. Walker Bay 3 will be completed by Friday, the 22nd of November. And at that point, I am done, ladies and gentlemen. I have written my eighth book of 2019. And that will be it. I ain't doing any more writing uh, over December and into January. And I'm not quite sure what I'll be doing in January. But I ain't, I ain't writing. I'll be editing. I've got to edit. But I ain't doing any more writing <laughs> in that time. Because I've had enough. Eight books is quite enough. Um, for one year. I'm, I'm really feeling it now. 
I just realized how ridiculous it was trying to final edit one book, trying to complete and fin- you know finish the second book and try to plan the third book. It was just my, my head was about to explode just as much as my characters was uh, when I finished writing about a quarter of an hour ago. Uh, that That's how I felt. So I, I thought you've got to cut yourself some slack. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it is a ridiculous schedule as it is. And I just thought, well, I, I reorganized the diary and I'm happy with that now. Um, thank goodness for that. So everything will get done. And I'm really looking forward to, well, I've actually, I looked at my schedule. I've cleared the decks over Christmas. I'm looking at clearing the decks now. So, you know, I'm off to Spain anyway after that. And I'm off to visit one of my kids and I'm off to visit my mum. And then I'm not doing anything over Christmas. I'm not working over Christmas. I'm not doing anything over Christmas. So I, I, although I have, I do have to get Walker Bay 3, the book that I haven't written yet. I've got to do my final edit on that book um over over christmas and that that's fine because julie would have gone through it then i've done my first edit on it it'll be fine at that stage we're just really finishing off just polishing it but that book is due well i have to have it submitted to amazon on thursday the 2nd of january 2020 so i've basically worked out that i'll probably do my final edits on it this all depends on whether we have people to stay over christmas but i will probably do my final final edit on that Friday 27th of December to, well, Wednesday the 1st, well, actually Thursday the 2nd of January. I'll probably do my final edits then and that'll be ready to go and then it will release on um, Monday the 6th of January 2020. But I can't tell you how much I am looking forward to being done with writing now. Uh, It's been an intense year. And in actual fact, it's not really the writing that has bothered me. It's been the writing with the editing it's that combination that's killing me to be honest with you it's that it's that feeling that you never stop that you never catch uh, catch your breath um and it started right at the beginning of the year when i was writing for john and james when i was writing the sci-fi books i was you know writing one editing one and i really i don't like editing in the evenings after work i'm not tired i'm not fresh then I do prefer to edit three chapters at a time and I prefer to do it when I'm fresh in the morning. But for much of this year, I've had to be writing and editing. And that's probably the bit that I don't like. Before I did all this rapid release stuff in, in 2019, my my normal practice was that I would write a book, finish the book, then first draft edit it, then send it to the editor. And then I would start work on a new book. And this year has been quite unique in terms of the number of plates that I've had to keep uh, juggling. That's really been the difference this year. But if I if I gave you my preference, I got to tell you that I I prefer to to write one, edit one, then write another one. I like to, I prefer to do one thing at once. Really, I don't really like this massive uh, multitasking that I'm doing. But the end is in sight. We're almost there. Uh, nobody's going to die in the process. So we'll get this done. And then after I've I've finally got all the units ready for this rapid release, I'll I'll have a think about it and see what comes next. So, of course, this week, it's week five of rapid release. And remember that Adam said that there was no kind of real evidence that anything was going on up to week five and six. It wasn't really aware of anything until week seven. So I released the first brand new book. So all the books so far, well, actually, so now you see her in week one. That was a brand new book. But obviously, Adam and I um, shared the authorship of that. And then we've released Dead of Night, which was a re-release. Um, we've, re- uh, we've re-released One Last Chance and No More Secrets. So they were rewrites, re-releases. And then So Many Lies is my first brand new book, which I seem to remember I, I finished writing in about July 2018. So that book's been around a while. It's great to get that book out because I do like the story. 
I do like the way it all uh, comes to a crescendo, that book. And it's, uh, it's got a great kind of tagline, um, you know, about families. I, 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 I really like that book. It feels like a strong book to me. And it's a 90,000 word or it's a very substantial read. So it's great to have that book out at last. And it has been um, charting this week. Um, all the books pretty well have, have sort of charted in, in top 100, top 50 paid charts. We've had no number one whiffs. Um, nothing like that. Um, but they're all, you know, I think one was 36. I, to be honest with you, you know, what I'm like, I'm not really monitoring it. Um, I always look at the sales. I always look at what, what, what's the money in because to me, it's all vanity unless I'm earning cash. Uh, and, 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 and as you know, my metric is cash. You know, how much am I earning? So I might have a number one spot in whatever category it is but if I'm earning no cash if that's not converting to sales and income in my pocket I don't really get too excited about it It just feels to me like a vanity metric and of course vanity metrics are nice I had a nice I did have a screenshot this week I called a screenshot that had me on a page with uh, Stephen King or some chart with Stephen King and somebody else's book who I've just whose book I've just read and enjoyed so all of these things are nice but as you know, I'm a little bit slack and relaxed with these things. I don't really spend a lot of time saying what's my author rank. I, I just don't have the time at the moment. I, I think that when this book gets off, um, when I when I finish this book and it goes to Julie and I'm on my way with book three, I think I'll I'll probably start to have a little bit more time to start looking at numbers and where I am and what this rank is. And to you know to think more sensibly about ads and adverts and things like that. But at the moment, I'm just on automatic. I'm just throwing loads of mud against the wall in the hope that some of it will stick. So many lies. I've just followed the same pattern for the first five weeks. So many lies was advertised on BK Nights on Monday. I had a bargain booksy on Monday as well. It was on Book Doggy on Tuesday. It was on eReader News Today on Tuesday. So. Um, you know, all the all the promos are continuing. I have given up with my Google ads at the moment. So I, I put a higher level of tracking on the Google ads. And what I could tell you about the Google ads is it sends a tremendous amount of, of cheap traffic over to a web page. But that web page was not converting. Uh, I was uh, it just wasn't converting. So um, and I know that because I put Genius Link, uh, special Genius Link tracking on there. To, to work out, um, I can see from Google Ads and from my Google Analytics that people are clicking my Google Ad and clicking to the page, but they weren't then clicking the Buy Now button. So the sales, it was sending a lot of traffic. And I have said to you this before in my earlier, in my earlier experiments with Google Ads, I said, you know, tremendously low price, uh, tremendous number of clicks, but not, I didn't feel it was converting. Well, now I can tell you it wasn't converting. Now, that's my fault. That's not Google Ads' fault. That's my fault. And I know this from my internet marketing days that basically the web page that I'm sending them to was not working. That for whatever reason that was, that web page is not working. So that's the thing I'm going to need to go and have a look back at when I get time to do that. So I'm still interested in Google Ads, but I've turned them off for now because it was costing me a lot of money to get that traffic and that money was not converting to sales. However, remember that I was building a Facebook custom audience around that audience. So that is an audience I can target within Facebook and an audience I will target within Facebook. What's working for me really well is Facebook ads and they haven't touched wood. They haven't banned me yet. I haven't done anything wrong, whatever it was I did last time. I'm still there on, on Facebook, still advertising. And I have a lot of ads running on Facebook at the moment. I've basically split my audiences into UK, into UK and into do you know what? I've just sorry. I was just looking when I was talking to you there. Oh, I thought I'd melted my keyboard. 
I, I <laughs> in between writing stints today. Sorry, this is just a little diversion. In between writing stints today, I, I was hungry. And I, I found something in the fridge, some curry in the fridge, and I heated it in the microwave. And then I brought it in in a very hot bowl and was eating it when I was typing. And I always worry that this hot bowl's going to melt something on my desk. And I thought it had just melted my keyboard, but I haven't. In true classy teak fashion, it, <laughs> it was a splash of curry on my keyboard. <laughs> That's what I was looking at. I've just scraped it off. What's even worse, I'm peckish now and I was tempted to nibble it. <laughs> It's like when you find a a chewing a wine gum when you're hoovering the car, and you find a wine gum or one of the kids' sweets in the back of the car, and disgustingly for a moment you look at it and say how much fluff is on it, and am I going to eat it? I never have, incidentally, but don't say you haven't been tempted when you find a nice sweet in the back of the car when you're cleaning it. Anyway, that's a complete diversion. I'm sorry about that. Um, I just uh, I just noticed something on my keyboard while I was talking to you. Yeah, so. Uh, it's good to have so many lies out anyway. It's good that it's going in some charts, but I, I need to do some more work on this. Facebook is doing brilliantly for me. I've split my audiences into UK and US audiences. And I did tell you that I, I'd been advertising the books predominantly to women, but I can tell you that um, Dead of Night goes down well with men. Um, one fatal, sorry, one last chance is okay for men, actually. And uh, Burden of Guilt is a female-led story, so I'm marketing that only to, to women. And also Two Years After is a female-led story, so I'm marketing that one only to women. But I've split my audiences now. Um, so I've split them into UK and USA audiences, targeting different author collections, of course, within those audiences. And I have added men to my audience for Dead of Night and my audience for So Many Lies, uh, and One Last Chance has got a male audience too. So I have changed my audiences. We're getting very low price clicks. Uh, averaging about nine pence a click is, is really where everything's coming in from. I have um, taken out the lower performing or the poorer performing adverts this week. So I did get a moment to go through and look at the stats and see um, Facebook's told me which ones are performing best. So I've I've sort of I've killed the weaklings and I'm, I'm feeding the the strong ones better, you know, the the runners are getting fed well, um, so that I, my budget is is better targeted. But I still haven't really had a chance to sit down and go through this with a fine tooth comb. But I am getting a lot of activity on Facebook at the moment. And what I can tell you about the money is it's not really, it doesn't feel like more than it would have been. Bearing in mind, I've just had a book bubble, don't tell Meg. It doesn't feel like more than it would have been if what well, if I'd done what I'd done, which is that I made Don't Tell Meg free. And then I'd pr- remember this time I priced down the Forgotten Children of the Murder Place. Normally I have them at something like one ninety nine and two ninety nine. I think I priced them down at 99 pence or cents for this promo. So I made much less money from those books, from the book bub. So it, it, fe- it feels about right for that. But what I can tell you is that in spite of spending all this money on Facebook, and, I, and you know, I had a hundred pound bill this week just for a couple of days ads on Facebook. So I'm spending quite a lot on Facebook at the moment. Um, it's burning up the budget really fast as I'm as I'm increasing these audiences. I'm splitting them between UK and US. Um, and as I'm adding new books to the mix, because I'm about advertising all of the books that I've released still um, via Facebook, just because they were released five weeks ago. I'm not advertising Now You See Her because that's different because I've done that with Adam. But actually, that's maintained its place in the charts, doing okay in the charts, that one. But I am... Uh, I'm promoting through Facebook all of the four books I've released and the next two that are coming. Yeah, so I'm I'm promoting books ahead, even though they're on pre-sale as well. 
So um, what I can say to you, though, is that in spite of throwing all this money into the ads and, and still booking ads as I'm going along, my my income now is getting ahead. I'm getting ahead of my costs now. So although I'm throwing this money at adverts, money is beginning to accru- excess money or profit is beginning to accrue now in my account. And that, you know, that's not firing off in any substantial way, uh, but I am going to be able to take some money out um, after this. That is beginning to build and accrue now. And remember, the, the other thing is, is that I'm only selling these books really well across the piece at 99 pence and cents. I haven't got the price at 199 or 299. So I'm shifting a lot of books. Uh, I am shifting a lot of books, but I'm not making a huge amount of money on them because I'm playing the algorithm game at, at this point in the affairs. I'm not going. I'm not playing the profit game. I'm playing the algorithm game. I want to be shifting numbers. I want to be sending traffic to those pages. So, if I have a quick look at my book report, I can tell you that on my best sellers at the moment, we've got. Don't tell Meg is a bestseller. We've got the murder place and the forgotten children. Now I would expect that as a result of my book bub, but also in the bestsellers at the moment are So Many Lies and No More Secrets. So the book that I released this week and the book that I released the week before. Um, so, you know, that, that's good. That's, that's kind of what I'd expect. It's basically the aftermath of a book bub, plus it's showing you that the advertising is doing well. But all my top books at the moment are my thrillers. And I'm in that situation. And, and, and if you're lucky enough to have had this, you'll know what you mean. That situation where you, you go and open up your, your royalties estimator. Uh, after overnight when the States has been online and you look at your royalties and you think, oh, good, that's gone up a lot. Uh, that's just what I wanted. I, I'm in that sort of situation now. Uh, and as I say, my my expenditure, my, my profit is now exceeding my expenditure. So I've got all these ads running on Facebook. I'm spending 100 quid there, 100 quid there, you know, here and there. I'm adding um, more uh, uh, promos to the mix. So, for instance, I've I, on eReader News today. I shall be submitting uh, Left for Dead to eReader News today because I have to give a couple of weeks' notice of that, so I can submit it on the eleventh of October. So I'm still paying for promos as we go along as well. But the money that I'm making now is is sort of growing faster than the money that I'm spending. So we're going to be in profit at some point. At last, hooray! You know, even though the even though the books are priced down, but I'm going to keep those prices down because this is all about the algorithm at the moment um you know ho- ho- hopefully touch wood the money comes as a result of, of nurturing the algorithm but we're not there yet we're, we're still working on it um i just want to point out something that may amuse you before i talk about the blog tour if you go and look at the resources page this week i was coming into my study and there's a radiator just outside the door and um my socks were across the radiator and I, I got socks from Marks and Spencer. Um, with, again, those of you who've got kids in the family, particularly teenage kids, will know that it gets bedlam with socks. We haven't got, you know, when everybody's feet are about the same size, you haven't got a clue whose socks are whose. It's just, it's bedlam if you sort the socks out. And so as a strategy in our family, we, we've all kind of opted for certain kinds of socks so that our own socks are identifiable. And my socks are sort of, um, they're Marks and Spencer's specials and they're just in different colours and I wear them for work and you can't see the colour on them at work, you know, over my work shoes. There's nothing, they're just plain, uh, you know, kind of corporate socks when you wear them at work, but they have coloured heels and toes, which allows me to identify my socks so they don't get mixed up with the kids. So again, you'll, you'll know my pain if you've got teenage kids in the house, you know how this works with clothes. 
uh, sort of undergarments. Anyhow, um, my coloured socks were hanging along the radiator and I did a double take as I walked into my study because uh, there was a, a yellow or an orange, um, a blue and a red one there. I just did a double take and I thought, what does that, what does that remind me of? And then I realised what it was. The socks, and this was complete uh, coincidence. I honestly didn't rearrange these or set this up. The socks are almost the same colour as the covers on my Left for Dead trilogy. So I put a little post up on, on Twitter this week and basically I took a photograph of the socks on the radiator and then I, I took the covers, the Left for Dead and um, Circle of Lies and Truth Will Out, and I put the cover above the sock and honestly they're almost exactly the same as the book covers. It's absolutely uncanny. So I would just say, if you want a laugh or a snigger, do have a look at that on the resources page this week, or if you want to head for Twitter, because I posted it on Twitter as well. But um, yeah, it was funny that, and as I said on Twitter, at least I'm on brand with my socks or my books, whichever way round you want to look at it. And don't worry, uh, the next trilogy of books will not be based on my boxer shorts. I, I can reassure you of that, just in case you were worried. Okay, let's move on to this blog tour update. I do apologise. I, I sort of teased you a little bit and kind of half told you about the blog tour and then didn't give you the whole story. So apologies for that. I realised after I published it, that's what I'd done. No, no, I was listening to it. Where was I? I was listening, where were we at the weekend? Scotland. I was in Glasgow. I was listening to it. I thought, oh, I didn't tell you about that. So um, apologies for that. Anyhow, let me tell you about this blog tour. I did tell you that I'd been reading Julie Stock's comments in... Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 172, where, where Julie had basically outlined some techniques that she'd used for a very successful launch. And I'd itemised those. And as I'd been reading them out, I'd said to Julie, or in response to Julie's comments, I'd said, well, I, I must do a blog tour because I, I'd i interviewed in um, episode, what was it? Or oh, what was the episode I did Sarah with? Episode 106, Sarah Hardy, I interviewed in episode 106. And Sarah Hardy is from By the Letter Book Reviews. So she does thriller book reviews. And I'd interviewed Sarah um, as one of the guests on my podcast. And Sarah is part of a, uh, almost part of a traditional group of people that I know. So I've also interviewed twice a gentleman called Graham Smith, who just lives over the border from me, um, just beyond Gretna. And he's also a traditional author. He writes now for Bookature. He's got, a, I think it's a four book deal for Bookature. So he's doing very well. And Graham's somebody that I see uh, locally as well. And he had used blog tours and, and it's sort of a scene that I'm not in, but that I've been aware of. And I've said to Graham and I said to Sarah, yeah, I ought to try a, a blog tour at some point. And, and I knew that Sarah did blog tours. And then, and then Julie Stock mentioned it. I thought, I've got to do a blog tour. Come on, Paul. You know, don't just keep saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Let's try this. So after I did the diary, when I said to you, I'm going to book a blog, blog tour, I must write that down. I, I acted on that and I contacted Sarah Hardy and I said, Sarah, I know it's short notice, but could you facilitate a blog tour for me for um, Left for Dead? And Left for Dead releases on Monday, the 11th of November. So I knew it was quite a tight time scale. And Sarah said, you know, it is a tight time scale, but let me ask around and see who's available. She asked around for me and she said, you just got lucky because I can find 15 people who, who are happy to do that within that time scale. Can you have the file to me for Monday, the 14th of October? So they've got um, four weeks to read it. And that, of course, if you trace all of this nonsense and craziness back that I keep talking to you about, if you trace all of that back, that's why I've been fast editing Left for Dead, because I have to get it ready for Monday to send to Sarah. So this does all kind of come to in the end. All these concentric circles, they do kind of make sense eventually. So um, I have got a blog tour booked and having like rushed into it and booked it, now I'm terrified. <laughs> 
<laughs> absolutely terrified of having a blog tour because you know normally you know what I'm like with this I hate reading reviews and it, I almost like release a book and close my eyes and think oh please like it or I hope it's not too bad or I hope the first review isn't terrible um, you know we all I, we all do that don't we but um, I always think, oh, please don't let the first review be a moaning mini. You know, please let it be somebody who likes the book. So at least I can see a five stars there to get started with. There's always some moaning mini brings you down, isn't there? Anyhow, um, and, and pops your bubble. But I just thought, oh, blimey, you know, this is going out to, this is going out to 15 people and they're going to review it. They might hate it. And I don't know. Ah, oh, so I'm panicking about that now anyway. Um, I, I am really genuinely terrified about these, all these people. Uh, reviewing the book the only thing about it is and i hadn't realized this you know sometimes when i get a beer in my bonnet i rush towards something and then i'd completely forgotten that the week of this blog review this blog tour i'm in berlin that week so i hope to goodness they don't need me because that could get interesting i hope this is all done beforehand because i'm going to be in berlin that week at least i can hide if the reviews are bad anyhow sarah has commissioned a blog review for me she said all i need and I gave her this last week. It all I need is an author photograph of you. I need an author spiel. And I send her some pictures of the, the cover. That means that she can actually post it and, and sort of pre-advertise it. I deliver the book on Monday. And then and then basically what happens is that there will be three blog posts reviewing Left for Dead coming out from Monday, the whatever it is, Monday, the 11th of November, all through that week. There'll be three blog posts a day coming out. So what's the purpose of a blog review? Well, obviously, all of these bloggers have audiences and those audiences follow their reviews and those audiences like reading psychological thrillers and the kind of books I write so it helps me to find a new audience it helps to get the word out about my books it's just a different way of promoting your book and finding readers and finding the new audience so it makes perfect sense from that point of view but also longer term what um, blog tours do is you get your your author name and your books they get keyworded on high web trafficked sites so basically you get search engine juice from being on a blog blog tour no i've never done a blog tour before but reading julie's comments julie certainly felt there was a benefit to that obviously i've spoken to sarah i've spoken to many authors now who like blog tours and i just thought i need to put my money where my mouth is i need to try one i just need to go over myself and i need to give it a go so i, I gotta tell you I, I must admit i was expecting it i mean i expected 100 to 200 quid that's what i thought i was in for and um, the, the cost of a blog tour is about, it's about sort of, well, it's less than a hundred pounds. I won't give the precise prices. It's less than a hundred pounds, you know, for 15 reviews. And that's for Sarah to organize it. And I thought that's, that's good value that is. So I, I'm not moaning about that at all. Um, and I, and I highly recommend Sarah. She's so hugely respected uh, in, in my kind of field, in, in my genre. I wouldn't think twice about going to Sarah. Um, and I think she's done, she does work for Bookature. I think, you know, she's highly respected. So I'm very happy with that, um, price. You know, if you, if you think of that price compared to an e-reader news today or a bargain book, see, it's about the same price. So that, that feels great to me. So it's all booked. Um, I will have Left for Dead edited and ready to send over to them on Monday, probably before then. And then all I got to do is cower under the desk and hope that they like it. The one consolation is, is that the reason that I ended up um, interviewing Sarah is that Sarah read Don't Tell Meg and she reviewed, she, she liked Don't Tell Meg and, and The Murder Place, but she absolutely loved the final part of the trilogy, The Forgotten Children, which was absolutely um, effusive about the, the final book in the series. And she'd shared that, obviously, um, on social media. And I'd seen that in my post. She'd mentioned me because she knows how to do these things. She'd mentioned me on social media. That's how she first kind of came into my orbit. And I 
then said to her, well, I should interview you for the show, Sarah. You know, we should talk about this because um, I noticed that when I thanked um, people who were sharing the post, I just noticed this wonderful community along around, you know, these blog reviewers. And it was something I'd never experienced before. It was so lovely, so supportive. And I, I was, you know, keen to, to, to big that up and thank people for, for promoting me. And they were all, um, sharing Sarah's review of my book. And I just, just thought it was great. And so that's why I'm getting on board. I, you know, I am terrified. It's funny. This is the way I work. Unfortunately, I'd rather somebody as Sarah did with the first book, finds a book, reads it, loves it, reviews it. And then I find out about it when she, when, you know, when she loves the book because she likes the book and she reviews it positively right it feels like me like waiting for test results you know i'd rather not know that that you're trying to analyze the symptoms or you you know i'd rather not know that you're reviewing the book i'd rather just see it when it's reviewed and and the results are clear that's that's what i i don't like the waiting that's what i hate anyhow so I, i've got that to stew over for the next uh month but just a reminder of this by the way um you know i'm going to do a an episode where all of this response and what I'm learning from all of this is not so fragmented so I've got a, an episode scheduled things I learned from 10 weeks of rapid releases that episode's going to be coming up it'll be one of my specials so it'll probably be a long one but it'll be a more considered approach to this uh, and that episode will come up on Saturday the 16th of November so that is the week that the blog tour ends so I'll be recording on the Friday that the blog tour ends that episode and it's the week of my the last of my weekly releases so left for dead will be week 10 of my weekly releases and we move to a 28 day release cycle after that. So I'll be in a position to then summarize everything and tell you what I've learned and what I like and what I don't like about it and just give you all my learnings at that point. So that'll be coming up on Saturday, the 16th of November, things I learned from 10 weeks of rapid release. And I'll try and pull all, all these little fragments and bits and pieces and thoughts that you've got over the diaries. I'll try and pull those together into a more uh, coherent episode so that you could fit all the pieces together for yourself and and figure out what's worked for me and what hasn't. Okay, that's pretty well it for this week. Uh, I just want to mention Judy Cordiner, who I think, Judy, I think, you've, I think you have won the prize. If you have a look at this week's show notes or go to Twitter, uh, you'll see an amazing picture that Julie, Julie said. Julie, in between, and I'm sorry, uh, you know, what do they call it? I won't, I won't say the words, actually, because I, I don't want to have an advisory on this podcast. But... Um, Poor old Julie, she sort of had an edit, she had to edit one of my books, then she's had a lovely holiday in Japan, and then her lovely surprise when she gets back from Japan is going to be this book that I'm writing at the moment, she's going to have to edit that book, so I'm sorry to sort of spoil either end of your holiday, Julie, but Julie's been in Japan and having an amazing time, I'm very envious, Julie, reading about, you know, going to Hiroshima and places like that, I'd love to do this, and you know, you know how much I love travel, and seeing your picture that you've sent me has just made me think, mm, Japan, got to go to Japan, so... Julie um, tweeted me to say, Paul, it's been a long while or it's been a while since you had any podcast listeners show their whereabouts. So I thought I'd ramp it up a bit. So little time to do any reading on this busy tour. So I decided to listen to your diary while getting my daily 16,000 steps in. This is, and apologies if I get the pronunciation wrong. This is Kyoto. I think it's how you say it. Uh, Patrick Sheriff will put me right. Uh, Kyoto. I think that's how you say it beautiful beautiful picture from japan and you've kind of got everything in there if that were a book cover julie you'd have all the tropes in there from japan i think it's it's just everything that we would associate with japan beautiful picture thanks ever so much for that and incidentally it's worth just sort of reading the uh the comments um you know underneath that as well because we had a little bit of fun um chatting among ourselves about about the tour but julie's just been all over the place it sounds like a fantastic 
break, a fantastic holiday. It sounds to me like you might be getting involved in travel memoirs at some point, Julie. So, so thank you very much for sending that picture over. It looks fantastic. Uh, I think you're back now, aren't you? But I hope you have a brilliant, brilliant holiday. And I'll try to sort out as many commas as I can to soothe your headache when I send this book your way for editing. <laughs> I do apologise in advance. Anyhow, that's Judy Corner. Do, do look at that beautiful, beautiful picture from Japan. I've never sort of seen Japan uh, you know, like, like that before other than on the telly. It's absolutely wonderful. And then also, of course, Tim Lewis has, has tweeted me as well. Tim, what are you doing with these pictures? You've got to go to some nicer places, man. He's picked, I think it's on a train. It looks like a train. And I'm sure because it's raining and it's, uh, it must be the UK. I'm assuming it's the UK if it's raining. It, it's a picture through a, a train window that's got raindrops all over it. And as far as I can see, those are like cooling towers for a power station. Is that right? I mean, I'm sure I featured that view in one of my dystopian novels, Tim. So I don't know where you are on these trains, but you've got to go to some nicer places, honestly. But anyhow, Tim's tweeted me too with another dismal picture from a British train. I think it's a British train. It looks like a British scene to me. Um, Thank you very much, Tim. Come on, come on. You've got to go somewhere nice. You were sending me pictures in the woods. Now, your woods will look beautiful at the moment because it's just autumn in the UK at the moment. And actually, I do love autumn. I love the I love the colours of autumn. So send me a nice... I'm going to commission you, Tim. So next time you go on one of your, your walks in the woods, give me a beautiful, beautiful autumnal shot. All right, channel your, your inner photographer and let's have a lovely autumnal shot if we can. And, and incidentally, you know, autumn around the world would be quite nice, actually. We're going to end up as a photography podcast, aren't we? But yeah, autumn around the world. It would be lovely to see your shots if autumn's looking spectacular wherever you live in the world. Anyhow, that's enough of all of that. Thanks ever so much if you participated or commented on those photographs. I will have another diary update for you next Saturday when I should have finished Walker Bay Book 2. I should have edited Walker Bay Book 1 and passed it on to the reviewers. And I should be poised like a coiled spring ready to start work on writing Welcome Bay 3. I'll let you know next week. Whatever you're doing, I hope you have a great week of writing. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.